And we'll just start with Stoltenberg. Stoltenberg, Stoltenberg, Stoltenberg. Jens Stoltenberg, the NATO Secretary General. But why are we talking about him? Oh, it's because he has admitted after a year and a half that the Russo-Ukrainian war was partially caused by NATO expansion. <clears throat> Truly shocking admission. Now, I shoot, I could have told you that. Oh, I, I did. <laughs> I did. Oh, it's so, it's, <coughs> goodness, it's great and terrible to be right. And, but in this case, we'll just enjoy being right because, you know, the alternative is you, you curl up into a ball and you cry about all the death that has been caused by this blatant oversight by this guy who is just now admitting what he knew. He had to have known at the time. He had to have known at the time and decided to make strange statements. And, and we'll bring up those statements towards the end. But first, we'll get over what he has said now because he's had a change of heart. Well... Not really, but he's telling on himself. <laughs> now, throughout this war, we've gone over the, the reasons for its occurrence and basically how the West didn't honor its obligations, namely with Minsk II. We talked about how NATO expansionism was running up against Russian red lines, and it was it was a significant precondition for the war. We talked about that, and we talked about it on and off throughout the conflict. Now, when we talk about the whole freezing the conflict idea, we, we talk, we bring it up again, because especially with the idea floating around now that they're going to trade land and explain, in exchange for NATO membership, it, we know it's not going to work. Why? Because Ukraine joining NATO is a red line for the Russians that is in part responsible for the war that they're fighting right now. They're not going to let you have this thing that they went to war with you over. That It, do, it just doesn't make sense. And, it, and for whatever reason, it just doesn't get through the skulls of these people. It just It's just like, who's there? Nobody. <laughs> it's strange that it, it just doesn't click. That NATO membership is the one thing you can't do, but it's the only option that they feel that they want to go along with. And it's like, well, okay, you've chosen war. <laughs> multiple times multiple multiple times because they said this was a red line and they demonstrated that you can't just cross their red lines without consequences and this is the biggest red line no nato membership for ukraine and they had the audacity to say we can expand nato wherever we want and the russians can't tell us what we can do they don't get a veto and now look what that got you now look what that got you like i mean think about this if i tell you if i tell you that like uh, i'm trying to think of trying to think of a good analogy here I'm trying to think of a good analogy hmm what's a, what's a good analogy for this nano membership is the one thing you can't do but that's the only thing you want hmm like it's like imagine imagine you and I live together right imagine you and I live together and I say you can do whatever you want right we this is our house this is your your house and it's my house but it's your house too you can do whatever you want here just don't jump on my bed that's the one red line 
don't jump on my bed. And then you, and then we get into a fight. We get into, we get into a fight. We get into an argument. Let, let's just say that I felt like apologizing because I felt like I was in the wrong. I don't, I don't feel like fighting you. All right. So I'm like, what's gonna, how can we pass this over? And you say, I want to jump on your bed. I'm like, no, that that's the one thing you can't do because my bed is rickety and it'll break if you do that. So no, you can't jump on my bed. Now, a normal person would say, okay, well, let's figure something else out, right? <laughs> At that point, a normal person would figure something else out. But these people go, no, I want to jump on your bed. I'm like, no, you can't jump on my bed. It will break if you do that. That's why it's a red line. I cannot allow you to do that. You're going to break my stuff. I'm not sleeping on wood splinters because you want to jump on my bed. You can't have that. You can have anything else. You can't have that. And then again, at, at that point, a normal person would say, well, okay, I want to drink the, the I want to drink the apple juice you buy. Cool. I, I, I want to drink the eggnog when you get some. I want, as a matter of fact, I want you to go buy two cartons of eggnog right now. Cool. We can go get some eggnog. It's delicious. But no, these people, they, they say, no, we, we, we don't care what Russia has to say. We want to jump on Russia's bed. And it's like, dude, the one thing you can't do is put Ukraine into NATO. <coughs> but that's the only thing they, they can think of. It's like, uh, have they just reached a dead end of ideas? Like, is that the only thing going through their head? NATO membership for Ukraine. <laughs> like, you don't, you don't, you don't have any other solutions. Nano membership for Ukraine is all you think about. It's 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 insane, and we we've gone over this. Nato membership for Ukraine is a red line, and yet when they talk about freezing the conflict and making Ukraine exchange land for Nato membership, it's like it's not going to work. Nato membership is off the table. You can't have peace with the Russians in exchange for Nato membership. If the reason there is not peace between you now is because they don't want you to have NATO membership, like make it make sense. It's I can't stand these people. <laughs> I can't stand these people. They they drive me crazy. They uh, they drive me up a wall. I'll say that much. But you know, common sense. We've been discussing common sense on this podcast, but for whatever reason, it just doesn't get through to them. But last week we had a, a shocking admission come out the mouth of none other than NATO Secretary General Jens Stoltenberg. And this is while he was justifying the way in which they've handled the war. Shocking admission, because they, they, they always say that it's unprovoked, unjustified, illegal war, imperial war, Russia's illegal invasion of Ukraine. They always say that, always say unprovoked, always say unjustified. And yet, Here's what he has to say now, while he's trying to justify our involvement in the war. <coughs> Excuse me. He says, quote, they, he says that Putin, quote, sent a draft treaty that they wanted NATO to promise no more NATO enlargement. That was what he sent us. That was a precondition for not invading ukraine let me let me let me, let me just let me just run that run that back real quick you know, just, just make sure you heard that right because i know you're, you're probably going like what what there's no way he said no 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 let me, let me just run that ride back 
He said that Putin, quote, sent a draft treaty that they wanted NATO to promise no more NATO enlargement. That was what he sent us. And that was a precondition for not invading Ukraine. Stoltenberg continues by saying, quote, of course, we didn't sign that. The opposite happened. He wanted us to sign a promise to never enlarge NATO. He wanted us to remove our military infrastructure in all our allies that have joined NATO since 1997, meaning half of NATO, all the Central and Eastern Europe. We rejected that. Then Stoltenberg says the quiet part out loud, saying, quote, so he went to war to prevent NATO more NATO across his borders. He has got the exact opposite. He has got more NATO presence in Eastern part of the Alliance. And he has also seen that Finland has already joined the Alliance and Sweden will soon be a full member. He then finishes by saying, quote, this is good for the Nordic countries. It is good for Finland and Sweden, and also good for NATO. And it demonstrates that when President Putin invaded a European country to prevent more NATO, he is getting the exact opposite, end quote. Now, I don't know if, I don't know if you noticed, but he told on himself not once, but twice, while trying to justify NATO's involvement in the war and, and, and paint that involvement in a positive light. Because he, he says it out in the blue, they sent us a draft treaty for no more NATO enlargement. No NATO enlargement, part specifically into Ukraine, no NATO enlargement was a precondition for Putin not invading Ukraine. So if you don't enlarge NATO, he doesn't invade Ukraine. Because they were talking about expanding NATO into Ukraine. You know, back in the fall and winter of 2021 before the, the war. Well, before the Russian intervention in the war. That's what they're talking about. No NATO enlargement. And there, if, you, if we have no NATO enlargement, then there's going to be no invasion of Ukraine. And this guy says, well, of course we've rejected that. Okay. <laughs> well, no shoot. No shit. <laughs> now there's a war in Ukraine. Why? Because you couldn't just say no. You couldn't just say, oh, we're not going to expand NATO. You couldn't just honor your promise. You couldn't just be satisfied with what you had. No, you needed to be able to expand anywhere, everywhere, wherever you wanted at any time. And Russia can't have a say. Russia doesn't get a veto. You, you, you doubled down on all that goofy shit and ignored common sense. Because clearly he has kept his word. Putin has kept his word. He said... Not invading Ukraine is a precondition for him. Not, uh, not expanding NATO, excuse me. Not expanding NATO is a precondition for him not invading Ukraine. You expanded NATO and he invaded Ukraine. So he, he was, you admit that he was telling you the truth now. While you're trying to paint this in a positive light, oh, he got the opposite of what he, he has more NATO on his borders now. Uh, yeah. That's... That's what he, and then, he, and then he says it again, quote, so he went to war to prevent NATO, more NATO across his borders. 
That's what he said. He told on himself twice. It, in the same sitting, while trying to paint this in a positive light and paint Putin as uh, the aggressor and the evil dictator, he literally laid out that we are responsible for this war just from the, the NATO enlargement aspect because we could lay a whole bunch of other uh, claims at our feet as to how we are responsible for this war going all the way back to Minsk too, and actually all the way back to the overthrow of Ukraine's government in 2014. But just with NATO expansion, he has, he has said twice that, yeah, we're responsible because we wanted to enlarge NATO. And he said that if you would do that, we're going to have a war in Ukraine. We enlarged it anyway. So we have a war in Ukraine. Don't, don't look at the fact that we have, that he has just admitted that it's our fault, that there's a war in Ukraine. Don't, don't look at that. (laughs) Don't look at all that. No. Uh, he's bad. He he wanted no NATO, so we gave him more NATO. Okay, don't look at the fact that more NATO caused a war in Ukraine, and that war is uh, sucking your pockets dry of your tax money. Don't don't look at that. Okay, we stood up to Putin, and, and that isn't that what really matters. That's what he's saying. This guy told himself twice, and basically said that we are at fault, but that it's it's a good thing that we're at fault because it's good for the Nordic countries and Finland and Sweden and NATO. Because it demonstrates that we that when Putin invaded a European country, we uh, he to prevent more NATO, he's getting the exact opposite, and he got he got like heated at the end when he's saying the exact opposite because he he thinks he's saying something profound when really he just exposed himself as being the part of the problem. <laughs> we'll just say that much part of the problem. It's insane. It's a crazy admission, and the fact that he doesn't realize. <laughs> that it's an admission of guilt rather than him standing up and making this brave statement against Putin, uh, well, demonstrates what I've already assumed, which is that he's uh, not the brightest candle in the bunch. We'll just say that much. And it's, it's insane. He told himself twice. He told on himself twice while trying to paint the involvement in a positive light. And this is the same guy, mind you, who a few months prior to the Russian invasion, and we covered it on the episode because I just couldn't believe that someone had the gall to say that. He said that Russia had no legitimate security concerns. Not in Eastern Europe, not in Europe, not on Russia's board. He just said Russia has no legitimate security concerns. I'm like, what are you saying? Like, dude, you're talking about expanding an alliance who was created for the sole purpose of fighting Russia. You're talking about expanding that alliance to Russia's contemporary borders after their frontiers receded by over a thousand miles. Because before, Russia's frontier was halfway through Germany, right? That was the farthest point of the Eastern Bloc, the, the Warsaw Pact. The Warsaw Pact comes down, Russia's frontier goes from East Germany, like halfway through Germany, because that's what the border was. Their frontier goes from halfway through Germany all the way back to the Soviet border, the actual Soviet border, Belarus, Lithuania, etc. Belarus, Lithuania, Ukraine, etc. Moldova. It fell back by a couple hundred miles just from that. And then the Soviet Union collapses again. Well, well, not again. It collapses, and then the frontier falls back again by more hundreds of miles. 
and and the frontier falls back the farthest in Ukraine because Ukraine's really long. And yet somehow NATO has found its way up to Russia's contemporary border after the frontier has been moved back by hundreds and hundreds of miles. And they're not supposed to perceive that as a threat? They have no legitimate security concerns? I I, I couldn't believe that he had the audacity. I couldn't believe he was dumb enough <laughs> to say that. But he did. And now here he is telling on him, tattling on himself. And all of NATO. While trying to, to justify what NATO has done. And it's... You know, I gotta, I gotta appreciate the stupidity of these people sometimes because it, it, it gives me a lot to talk about. I mean, like I could sit here and rant about how dumb they are for hours, and uh, some of you would listen. I, uh, <laughs> I try to, I try to actually get, get a little bit of news in there, you know, so to go along with my rants and then my, yeah, but, but yeah, it's, there's no way that you just that he doesn't realize that he's telling on himself right now. Or maybe, or maybe there is a way, and he's just really not bright, not not exactly what you'd call uh, intelligent. Like my goodness, no security concerns, and what would those concerns, and and someone would ask what those security concerns might be. What are those security concerns? You might ask. Ukrainian NATO membership. They don't a a, a military alliance. Built for the sole purpose of fighting Russia, expanding into former Russian territory that Russia happens to have the, one of their longest borders with. And they don't have a security concern? When you're building ballistic missile installations in Poland prior to this, it's like, dude, you're a problem. You have made yourself an overt problem and have been overtly hostile towards us. And now you want to expand this overtly hostile alliance. Closer? No, we do have security concerns, legitimate concerns, aka NATO enlargement. NATO enlargement was the security concern. And actually, he, this guy told on himself three times, because he didn't just mention twice that Russia went to war over NATO enlargement, but he, in the beginning of his statements, said that not expanding NATO was a precondition for Russia not invading Ukraine. It's three times. My goodness. Let's let's go over this. At the very beginning, he says, not expanding NATO was a precondition for not invading Russia. That's one. He says, we sent the draft, he sent the draft treaty to that where NATO would promise no more NATO enlargement. He said, we rejected that. Okay, so that's number two. And then he says, so he went to war to prevent NATO, more NATO across his borders. He got the exact opposite. That's number three. That's number three. It's, he went to war. Putin invaded a European country to prevent more NATO. He's getting the exact opposite. Shoot, that's four. Oh my God. He told himself four times in just these, these handful of quotes I have off him. Four times tattling on yourself four times in one sitting is crazy. But think about this. He is acknowledging. Think about what he's acknowledging. 
Because what it means is that he, had we simply acknowledged Russia's security concerns and agreed to not expand NATO, then there likely wouldn't be a Russo-Ukrainian war right now. Had Ukraine signed the, the unofficial Minsk III Accord, which is what I call the draft treaties that they initialed, that they were going to have with Russia before we intervened along with Britain to stop it, they would have had everything except for Crimea and the Donbass, and they would have had all the major powers as guarantors for their security. China, Russia, United States, Britain, France, Germany. I think Turkey was in there too, but I, I forget. But I remember those ones. You have all the major powers guaranteeing your security. Shoot, that's the best of both worlds. Now you can be a bridge. Now you can do what you were doing before where you were just getting the best deal out of both sides. You're still going to get transit fees from Russian gas moving through your territory. You're still going to be able to integrate with the West. But if the West ever turns hostile towards you, Russia's a guarantor now. It's Russia and China. And if Russia and China are hostile to you, the West is your guarantor because you're they're all your guarantor. It's it was the deal of a century. It was the deal of the decade, I'll say that much. And they turned it down. Like, had all we had to do was just be adults and deal with Russia as a an equal partner in this. But they just couldn't do it. And now there's a war. There likely would not be a Russo-Ukrainian war right now had they simply been mature adults about this. But, fortunately, we are governed by children, and these children started a war, and Ukraine will pay the price. Ukraine will pay the price. This segment was taken from my podcast, This Week in Geopolitics. I have new episodes every Monday, so if you like what you heard, consider giving me a follow. Thanks for listening, and hopefully I'll see you next time. Servus.